the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I have been so excited keeping this guest a secret for a little while now. I am pleased to be joined by Brock McGillis. And if you don't know who Brock is, first of all, uh, why not? Um, Brock is at the forefront of changing hockey culture. Um, he is a former professional hockey player, um, and he does a lot of fantastic work making the game uh, a more inclusive place, which is something that we really need. So, Brock, how are you? Rachel, I'm great. Thanks for having me. And if they don't know who I am, how dare you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you and I have known each other, I want to say now, for the better part of six or seven years yeah and what's funny before that my mom taught you <laughs> that's true yeah so i went to school at laurentian um and brock's mom taught me i think it was accounting yeah yeah yes. it was accounting i so, almost failed her class <laughs> i'll have a talk with her about that <laughs> we'll see. so yeah yeah no small world and then we met after you were done uh which is wild you know um after you left Subbury and I was was I was back there I was living there at the time when we met but yeah we did a podcast together in like what 2017 or something yeah I think it was yeah it was either 16 or 17 because I was like just graduating yeah it was a while ago um okay so I guess that's that's a great way to to uh kind of segue into this so we did a podcast all those years ago. And one of the topics on that podcast um, was people in the LGBTQ plus community um, in, in hockey as well. And, and some of the work that you were doing. And I remember the push up story vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that conversation, I mean, you and I have talked a bunch since then and, and I really leaned on you in terms of like learning how I can be uh, an ally and how I can make hockey more inclusive as somebody who who's in the game. Where have you seen from all those years ago when we were on that podcast and and where the community was with relation to hockey versus um, where it is now? Like what changes have you seen better, worse, um, that kind of thing? Okay. So personal opinion, I'm not speaking on behalf of alphabet or anyone else. uh, Just my opinion um, I think it's a mixed bag. Okay. We we have. Um, I still don't think it hockey, especially the men's side of hockey, is a safer, inclusive space for LGBTQ plus people. Uh, you know, um, I think there the language, behaviors, and attitudes that exist in the culture um, force kids to quit at a young age or hide who they are through their entire careers, even NHL players. Because let's be real, there's have been and there still are NHL players who are part of the community. Um, And they'll probably never feel comfortable either living as themselves or coming out. Um, That said, 
there's more people out today in hockey than probably there's ever been openly. Um, Luke Prokop came out uh, being Pettinger. There's people working in the sport who are queer. We have uh, a growing fan base of queer people. I did a project two years ago called Hockey Pride where um, I just, people didn't feel like their voices were heard or celebrated and I said, I'll do it. And it was just spontaneous and random and threw an email address together and got some volunteers to help me edit and schedule and stuff. And um, I said, if you want to be interviewed and celebrated, I'll, I'll do it. Over 400 people reached out in 24 hours. Wow. I had to cap it. It was Pride Month, which is probably my busiest month of the year. So I had to cap it at 120. I just didn't have the capacity to do more. Um, that project got over 4.5 million impressions on Twitter, just on my Twitter with no boosting promotion, anything, and over a million engagements. It was insane. That's tremendous. I mean, like that even just shows like people are interested in these stories. Totally. There, there, there's, there is uh, a space for this and, and it's needed. Um, I think we saw with uh, the incident in Philadelphia and uh, the aftermath of it, you know, um, I don't think four or five years ago we would have seen so many media members or people in hockey culture speak out so candidly and and uh, disappointed and upset over what was happening. That is a huge sign of progress to me. More than anything, I know people were trying to uh, essentially tell them not to and that, you know, focus on the good players and, and the organization, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that they're openly willing to, I'm like, this is wonderful. We've never seen this. Like, well, yeah, and I think that's, that's great because that like I've really enjoyed that as well, whether it's like um, talking about people of color and people in the queer community, like I'm finding people are like finding their voices. So like that kind of ties into um, your part of, of the community. And so when you see people who um, have these voices in hockey, who have the ability um, to use their platform for good, what is the best way for them so i'm talking about um some of the more well-known hockey personalities what is the best way for them or, or really anybody um within hockey to be a real ally to the queer community because i think a lot of people think oh i'm an ally but they're not actually an ally in the eyes of the queer community so how would you view being an ally i think learning is the first step whether you're going and, and searching things out yourself whether People come to folks like myself who, you know, study this stuff regularly, learning more about the community, um, using your platforms, knowing that you're going to get some comments that aren't nice. Um, and But just recognizing like that is like for every, um, you know, media person or player who posts something in support of community and gets five comments. Like I'm like people like myself are, you know, my DMs get flooded with death threats. And so just, just know that like, Oh, this is why it's needed. You know, I see queer people get attacked on Twitter daily and it's like, 
oh, this is why it's needed. So like if not being afraid to use your platforms for good, I'm not telling you to get into the weeds. Um, share education, show your support because there's people out there that like look up to you. And um, when you are showing support of something, if they're anti, let's say we're talking about LGBTQ+, if they're anti-LGBTQ+, or, or have been, you know, um, immersed with, you know, some radical viewpoints from Fox News or whoever, and then all of a sudden they see their favorite media personality or player or whoever say, no, this is like, I, I'm pro this and people should be able to exist and people, it might get them to critically think and take a step back and go, why do I hate those people? Why am I against them existing in this space? Why am I using homophobic or transphobic or racist language um, or sexist language? or ableist um so i think ultimately you know using platforms for good amplifying folks doing work and and just being visible and vocal is such a huge first step in continuing to learn about people different than yourself like i i try and learn about different communities i even try and learn and have empathy for straight white men who are in a space where they literally have to now evolve and never been taught how you know what i mean like like yeah yeah so they've, they've lived in a bubble their whole lives they've been in a bubble but they've also been able to say or do almost anything without any recourse or ramification and now they're being told that everything they say or do is bad and you know so like not that i'm you know trying to say oh poor them it's not at all, but ultimately for them. And again, these are my personal opinions for them. I think, you know, learning about the culture they grew up in is the easiest way to engage with them and, and help things evolve. So in their perspective, they should be doing the same thing, right? They should, they should be learning about different cultures to engage and help things evolve. And and I think we just need that from everybody. Okay, so it's it's basically take a um a, an active learning approach to it. So like I totally. need to learn about people who are different than me, and and they on the opposite side they need to learn about people who are different than them. And I think right now, especially specifically on social media, um, things get very toxic very quickly. Everybody just likes to yell and scream at each other. And I mean, I've said many times, like I don't think that that's inherently productive, but you're doing something that is very productive and you've launched uh, the Alphabet Sports Collective. Um, and I saw the launch party, um, pictures, uh, videos. Tell us a little bit about Alphabet Sports Collective and then we'll talk about like the launch party because I feel like that's just a different thing altogether. So initially, and, and yeah, I think... Um, before I go into that, yeah, online can be a toxic place. But I think people yell online because it's rooted in their trauma. If if you're oppressed and struggling, yeah, you're going to lash out That's online. Fair. And, and, and I think these are things we need to recognize and have empathy for people. Um, you know, and, and, and 
help things evolve so that they don't have to scream on the internet. Um, you know, and, and, and people just want to be seen and heard going back to that project I did. Yeah. Like we give them a voice and a platform and empower them, then they're going to feel good. And ultimately I think that is part of the early, um, onset of alphabet, you know, like our, our mission is to, um, create safe and inclusive environments in hockey for folks of all sexual identities and gender expressions through education, community building and mobilization. So essentially what we're going to do is we're going to take the community and unite it uh, and its allies. We, we have, and, and this is initially focused on young adults and adults where if we can bring everyone together, cause we're all very fragmented. We're all over the place. We exist. There's queer people everywhere we exist. We have allies everywhere, but we're not united. So if we can bring folks together and unite them, then we build a stronger community. Right. From there, if we give them tools, whether it's um, just peer support so they feel good, whether it's um, a voice or whether it's um, giving them tools to coach, to sit on boards like we need seats at every table from uh, the lowest grassroots level all the way up to the NHL. So if we have seats, coaching tables, the, you know, management tables, the board tables, if we have more um, like we're seeing a ton lately of artists designing logos. And I think it's wonderful. And if we more of that, more of everything, and we get seats at every table, it's going to start to foster a safer environment because um, when it's humanized, people start to evolve their language, their behaviors, attitudes, because now it's not as insular of a bubble. It's expanded. Right. You, and, you can actually see people and and you know people that are that are part of it. And like, I mean, you and I are relatively the same age. Um, and we grew up at a time where, yeah, no problem. I, I got your back, Brock. Um, we grew up at a time where at least like where I was going to school, where you could say certain words and it wasn't till late in high school. I want to say I was in about grade 11 where it sort of became, Hey, you, you can't say that. Like that's, that's not right. Um, and even like, I grew up with somebody, one of my best friends growing up is, is part of the queer community. And like just seeing what this person went through to me, I think that helped me as part of kind of like my journey in terms of, of supporting people and, and, and trying to at least become some level of ally. Um, so I totally agree with you. Like if people can, if you get those seats at the table and people see that these people are like, they're just as smart as somebody who's straight, if not smarter, but they've had to work so much harder to get there because of all the barriers that have been put up for them by being part of a community just for who they are. Um, I think humanizing that and seeing like, okay, these people, they bring value in. And the only thing that's different is who they go home to at night. And, and, yeah. and that really shouldn't impact the level of work output that they can accomplish and, and bring to your uh, organization. 
Totally. And, and, and I think when we look at, you know, um, you're talking about in school and high school and saying that you can't say those words in hockey locker rooms, people are still saying those words. Um, the reality is I've had kids come to me in the last two years where their team huddle and cheer in junior hockey was let's kill those uh, F slurs. Oh my and goodness. With coaches in the room. And that's just normalized in our culture, unfortunately. And, and so for the queer kid there, how do you, how do you exist? You know what I mean? Um, and, and so to me, once, once we get people feeling good and then we give them tools, we mobilize them, we get those seats at every table and then we offer support, helping them get there and also uh, ensuring accountability amongst the organizations. And at that point, when we create safer spaces, when we know we have people everywhere, we can then uh, recruit queer youth to play the sport. And, and I think of this story, um, I had a trans boy come to me a few years ago who was self-harming, dealing with body dysmorphia and different things. And then he found bodybuilding and weightlifting. And that became an outlet, an outlet a release, a tool to feel good. Um, and bodybuilding is as macho and hypermasculine as hockey. Yes. So why did this trans kid feel safe and welcomed in that community? And yet we don't in hockey. And I started thinking about it as he's telling me this. And I felt so much happiness for him that he, they found an additional tool to feel good. But I was really sad to think like, you know, we pride ourselves in this country, particularly on hockey and how, great hockey is and how great hockey people are and how we stand up for things and blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm like, yeah, kids feel oppressed in this space and, and kids don't feel like they can take part and they quit and they come to me regularly quitting and they're struggling. And, and, and it's like, well, why isn't that hockey? And we want to make it so it is hockey. That hockey is an empowerment tool the way, um, I felt on the ice when I got on the ice, nothing else mattered. You know, I'm sure you felt that when I have, you get yes. on the ice, nothing else matters. Every issue and problem you have from your day, from your life, et cetera, just disappears for those couple hours. The it's problem, great. It's a release. Totally. The problem for me, the problem for a lot of queer people is getting to the rink, being in the locker room, et cetera. Whereas most people feel joy in those spaces, even adults, you know, they sit around, have a beer, et cetera, after, a, a, you know, a, an old timers, whatever, like a beer league you know, game. Beer league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for queer folks, unless they're in a queer league, they might not have that safe space. And we need to get it so that it's every space makes them as excited as those who can conform to the culture. And this goes beyond even queerness. Like that could be said for kids that can't conform. We, we know of NHL players who don't conform to the culture and have been traded multiple times because they don't conform and can't. Um, you know what I mean? They're seen as weirdos and different and othered. They might as well be the gay kid. Um, you know, like that, that space should be safe for them. That space should be safe and welcoming for every BIPOC individual. Uh, you know, every women woman in men's hockey and like we have to get it there 
And I think by having more representation in the spaces, we will help it get there. I like that. Okay, so the Alphabet Sports Collective aims to to have that community so that we can we can get to those spaces. And you just launched this and you had a great launch party um, where I saw people from the queer community. I saw Pierre Lebrun there. I, I saw Elliot Friedman there. Um, I saw, and, and most importantly, what I saw is a lot of people from different walks of life having a fantastic time together. And so walk me through um, that launch party, sort of what happened for people who, who weren't able to be uh, at, to attend right. and, and sort of uh, how it brought the community together to kind of show that, that people from different walks of life can, you can be inclusive and, and you can fit in. So the goal with the launch party, I think, well, partially, I mean, obviously it was to gain awareness, but um, we wanted to show some folks in the hockey world, the corporate world, the, the uh, queer world, what we're doing and, and our strategy to get there. And um, we started off, we had, um, we had a really cool DJ. It was at the Drake hotel. It was a great venue. They're wonderful. I recommend it for anyone who's having a party. They're just awesome. Yeah, it's great. I've had one there. <laughs> um, and we had a super cool DJ. First hour was more just like a mix and mingle. I felt like, honestly, I felt like a politician all night. I was just like, like 10 second conversations and then moving on to the next person. And plus making sure everything ran smoothly and that all the entertainers and stuff were there and taken care of and everything was good. It was just, it, it was crazy night it felt like a blur and it felt like it was five minutes long but the first hour was more people came in got to mix and mingle the second hour we had uh speeches being pettinger um thanked everyone thanked the board we have a tremendous board we're a working board and 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 they're incredible and and doing so much heavy lifting it's it's awesome like and truly like this wouldn't exist without them um and then we went into uh pierre came up we have an ambassador program that's started we haven't launched it publicly but we have it started and we have some great folks like pierre lebron um like tara sloan like uh morgan riley and and some NHL players, some major media personalities are are involved and and we're gonna do actual work with them and not just you know attach their names to our website and leave it there. We want them to put out education information that's gonna be because we're inward facing, our ambassadors are gonna do most of the outward facing stuff in terms of getting education to the masses. Like I could tweet out about education and stuff and like you know, I'm talking in an echo chamber. If you're following me, it's probably because you, you know, um, recognize what I do and, and care about it. Whereas they have people from every walk of life. Right. And so, so, and we're hoping that that will help things um, evolve and that people will see actual numbers and stats and facts, and it'll help people recognize why this matters. 
um, Pierre gave a speech, a heartfelt speech. He was um, tearing up and it was beautiful. And, and he was talking about his experiences um, working with Bain on coming out, working with um, writing Lou Prokop's story. And then we showed a video from our ambassador program and our board. And then I gave a speech kind of detailing what we're going to do and how we need support from everybody to accomplish this. And, um, and then sharing some stories. I shared the story of the trans boy. And, but when I got up there, when the video was playing, I was standing beside the stage in the DJ booth. And I was just looking around the room and I saw all these hockey folks mixed with queer folks, um, mixed with, you know, different organizations, corporations. And I couldn't help but think, oh my God, like this is real. Like I wouldn't have anticipated having NHL players at something for queer people when I came out. Right. And I thought back to when I came out and how I felt so alone. You know, like the reality is I was kind of on an island. Well, yeah, especially like, I mean, in Sudbury, like that's a pretty, um, it's a blue collar town. Um, it's, it's, you and I have talked about this and, and 15 years ago, like it, nowhere was super inclusive, but you get into sort of more remote areas, whether it's in Canada or the US and like, it gets harder and harder to be a member of the queer community. Totally. But, but I even mean just the hockey world, like, like when I came out publicly in 2016 in hockey, like, yes, there was women's players out and the women's side. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be out or exist probably without them. Um, but on the men's side of hockey, there was no players out. There were very few people working in organizations who were out and, a lot of them weren't like very visibly out. Um, there were a few, but it was a lonely place. And it felt like I was, you know, climbing uphill by myself. And then to see all these people in this room, they're here to make hockey the best version of itself and want to. Like, not forced to be there, not mandated by teams or their companies or anything, just choosing to be there, wanting to be a part. I couldn't have imagined that. And I started crying on stage. And I, I like, there was like 200 people there, Max. And like, I speak in, like, I've had crowds of 10,000 people I've spoken in front of, not be nervous or anything. And I was, not so much nervous, but so emotional that I was shaking. Oh my goodness. Like uh, there was a drag queen hosting the event and she came up to me after and she's like, Brock, I thought I was going to have to come and read your speech. Like, <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm a professional. I got through it. Thank you. But literally I was like shaking. I had to hold the, the table because I just was I had so much emotion that I wasn't anticipating having. I mean, I talk about self-harming and suicide regularly. No problem. I get people coming to me that are talking about that and like saying they're going to and I'm fine. But this, this hit different. 
but that shows that like there is tangible steps um being taken and and I'm kind of 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 the mindset that when you get so used to talking about and you become accustomed to talking about things like kind of just it goes off you like Teflon but when you have an experience where you're actually reaching people with your cause that maybe necessarily haven't been traditionally part of 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 that before um that's really a tangible step in showing that that progress is made and and that the train is moving in a in a positive direction and and even though there are steps back like we see daily um like i don't think eight ten years ago we would have had nhl players or nhl media involved and 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 so them lending their voices and their brands and their platforms um to a community that speaks to just general equality and and that even though they're not part of it in terms of being part of the community they still say okay you know what you are a person you deserve the same rights that i do you deserve to be welcomed in the same spaces that i am welcome in and i think what you're doing with alphabet sports collective is going to go a long way in doing that because traditionally um in hockey that hasn't even been the case never mind for people in the queer community for women for people of color um it's traditionally been a really tough nut to crack and and so um tell tell me the impetus for having a drag queen at the party because i mean you and i like i rupaul's drag race like we watch that that humanizes drag queens quite well um I go to drag shows like I I really enjoy them. But for somebody who hasn't necessarily had an experience um, with a drag queen, I know there's a lot in the U.S. that's happening right now with the transgender community and and the drag community. So kind of give me a, a lens into why having a drag queen there was so important for you. Yeah, we actually had three. And uh, I think if, you know, um, there's so much, there's so many attacks in America right now. There's over 400 anti-LGBTQ plus bills that exist in America right now. Uh, we're seeing protests in Canada, drag shows. We're seeing venues shut down drag shows out of fear. And to me, and, and it's something that I speak on a lot because they are my community that they are staples in the community they bring us joy on our worst days they they are you know at the front of every protest and fight and unapologetically there they are you know a, a lot of them probably got into drag because they were bullied or teased or called girls or women or stuff growing up and and it's a way to um reclaim who they are and 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 find a way to articulate that side of themselves and also to empower themselves the same way i want hockey to empower people i have tremendous respect for drag queens i um this whole thing in the united states about drag story hour and whatnot i look at it and go like you don't even get it. You've never been. And what a drag story hour is versus an adult show versus it's like putting on, um, you know, teletoons or something for kids versus putting on 
um, an adult rated R movie at for adults. Like like they're two vastly different things. And maybe there's been one or two shows in existence that didn't weren't necessarily child friendly, but like for the most part, 99%, those, those are outliers, you know, the 99% are specifically geared. They're under attack. And I want, I wanted to have people see what it really is because they got to see a show that was for adults that like nothing hypersexual, nobody stripped, nobody did anything. It's just beautiful art. It's queer art, and this is a queer organization. So um, I, we, you know, need to intersect our art form and our culture with something else we love, like hockey. We need and drag queens playing hockey, Brock. It's something I'm working on. Yes! It's, I, I'm going to do a whole thing in the near future um the content will drop at some point that's you know something i plan on doing um has nothing to do with alphabet it's just me but uh yeah we're gonna make that happen um but ultimately i just we need people to recognize what is fear-mongering and what isn't and i thought what better way than when you have all these, you know, macho guys in a room to see something that is so wonderful and everyone had fun. Yeah. Everyone I mean, was happy. I mean, we had an event that was supposed to end at 10 and it just kept going because it was so much fun. Like it, it was just joy and love. And, and that's what society should be. That's what the world should be. That's what, sport should be and we can get it there but so you, you you talk about that right um you've launched alphabet sports collective and you've obviously been doing work on this for years what are the next steps for alphabet sports collective for hockey to be more inclusive like how do those intersect <sighs> I think just uniting the community is step one, um, building out a membership, uh, which will, you know, follow along at our socials, ABCS collective, ABCs collective, ABCs alphabet, you know? Um, so when we get our membership up and going and then we have, you know, different things, whether it's a discord or watch along things or peer support stuff to initially, you know, unite the community and, and get people feeling good. And then starting programming after that, that gets people the tools they need to, um, excuse me, exist in the hockey ecosystem in any capacity they want to exist in. So that's you know the first step is building out that membership and getting people involved both queer people and allies because we need our allies in this and and um from there moving forward and 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 continuing to grow and push it and um until the point that we do have people at every table i love it that is i mean you're hearing it right from the source and and having somebody like you doing this really important work 
Um, like it's just it one, it's it's really brave um, because I see what your mentions look like. Um, it's awful and nobody deserves that. Um, whether they're part of a community that's marginalized or not, um, nobody deserves that. Everybody deserves um, to be their true self um, and to be able to live that life freely. Um, and so for me, th this work is really important. And I, I really hope that um, the ABC Sports Collective is is going to be a huge part of getting us to a point where we have NHL hockey players that feel comfortable enough to say they're part of the community, where we have children who feel comfortable being in a dressing room because they are they they're welcomed there and they're safe there and it's a safe space for them. Um, I would love to get to a point where um, using like those slurs is just not not something that we even have to teach anymore because those are just not words that people hear. They're just eliminated from society and and I think that the work that you and and your board and and everything that that goes along with it um, are doing is going to go a long way. Um, so as somebody who obviously like isn't part of the, the queer community, but um, is a huge supporter of it. Um, I just want to thank you so much for, for coming on and, and talking about this. It's, it's really, really important um, for society. It's, it's really important to me. Um, and yeah, if there is, if, if people want to get in touch um, and be part of the ABC sports collective, how can they do that? Um, so a few ways they can go to alphabetsportscollective.com. They can, uh, there's a, you know, some tabs there where they can, um, start to get in touch if they want to volunteer. Um, and again, we'll be launching our membership, um, hopefully in the near future, uh, they can reach out via social media abcs collective on all platforms and um yeah they can dm me if they want at brock underscore mcgillis on twitter or brock mcgillis 33 on instagram and we'll um you know hopefully get them involved uh hopefully people become members and join and partake and and engage and and have fun and enjoy it and and um, we create some cool, fun things and people just love being a part of. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, I want to thank you for, um, doing this with us and, and, and really doing all the work that you're doing. Um, I will end with this and it's something that Brock taught me years ago. Um, just because you're not part of the community. If you hear somebody, um, or see somebody attacking a member of the community, it is your job to step in and stop that from happening. That is the only way we are going to move forward is if people who are doing those types of attacks feel uncomfortable attacking people. And so that's what I do. Um, it's something Brock taught me. And I hope that everybody learned a little bit about the alphabet sports collective and um i'm certainly going to be a supporter i encourage everybody to be a supporter so once again thanks brock for for doing this we really appreciate it thank you and thank you for amplifying the messaging i really appreciate it and we'll uh do some great work so um looking forward to having you involved perfect thanks everyone we'll be back next week <laughs>